Sunsets from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. We're going to talk about Eliezer and Lot. Somebody said we're back in our and series. This is the time when we dig deep into the Word of God. And uh, I hope you have your Bibles ready because Eliezer and Lot actually is... I said between the servant and the cousin. You know how in Africa everybody's cousin? Actually, Lot was not a cousin. Lot was a nephew. But everybody is my cousin brother. You know what I mean? So that spirit came upon me when I was making the flyer. So I told the designer the cousin. But it's actually the servant and the nephew. You guys understand? So Eliezer and Lot. We'll go into them in a short while. But let's do a quick Bible read. We're going to be reading some long scriptures. I want you to bring out your Bible. I don't want us to put it all on the screen. So bring out your Bibles. We start from Genesis 12. Who's going to read for us? Verse 1 to 9. Pastor Fred, thank you. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you, and I will make a great nation. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haram. Then Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haram. And they departed to a land, departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebeth tree of Morah and the Canaanites were then in the land. Verse 7. Now the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent in Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse you, verse 3, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham de departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions which they had gathered, and the people whom they have acquired, they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Isaiah 51, verse 1 to 2. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit from where you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him, engage your minds, people of God, for I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. So, Look to Abraham. Abraham is a spiritual icon. Abraham is no more a person. Abraham is now an application in the spirit. If you click on Abraham, so much functionality will appear to you. The functionality of how to build nations. This is how to start a nation. Look in, into Abraham. This is how to grow wealth. Look in Abraham. This is how to worship God. Look to Abraham. 
This is how to establish priesthood. Do you understand? So Abraham now becomes a technology in the spirit. For everyone who wants to walk with God and do great things with God, you need the technology of Abraham. And Isaiah chapter 51 says, you look to Abraham, set Abraham before you as a model of how to walk with God, of how a human being on earth can have relationship with the God in heaven, of how a man can actually partner with God in worship. Abraham was called the father of faith. Abraham was called the intercessor. Abraham was called the friend of God. When Abraham was going to be introduced to Ahimelech by God, God said to Ahimelech, Abraham is my prophet. <laughs> That's so crazy because we don't have any history that Abraham was a prophet. But God introduced Abraham to Ahimelech as a prophet. So Abraham becomes this umpire of spirituality that is timeless. We read about Abraham giving tithes to, to, the, to the priest of Salem, to Melchizedek, an endless priesthood. Abraham reached out beyond his day into the future. Abraham reached out past the time of Christ and enjoyed a fellowship of priesthood of believers so that in Abraham's loins, priesthood was established. And it will be to the third generation before the tribe of Levi will emerge from the loins of Abraham. Abraham had priesthood. Abraham arrived. You saw when he arrived. If you read further in chapter 12, you will see he builds an altar. Abraham builds an altar. And that altar became the model of how men build and call upon God. Abraham built something incredible and began to call upon God. Abraham became a way in which men can relate with God. If you copy the life and the pattern of Abraham, you will not miss it. Look to Abraham. Look to Abraham. Look to this holy model of God. Amen. Another long read, Genesis 13, verse 1 to 17. Who is going to help us? Genesis 13, the very next chapter. Thank you, Father God. Who's going to do it? Okay, someone said first. Who? Okay, so Abraham inherits Canaan. Then Abraham went up from Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had, and lots with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on this journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Lot also who went with Abraham had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the headsmen of Abraham's livestock and the headsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Continue. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my headsmen and your headsmen, for we are brethren. brethren. Is not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then go, and I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Judah, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zohar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. 
and I'll make your descendants as the dusts of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt. Thank you so much. One verse, two verses I want to emphasize, verse 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And God began to tell him to walk the land, step onto the land, get into the place where God was going to release to him. And verse 16 to 17 says, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land to its length and width, for I give it to you. One of the principles of conquering a land is to walk on the land that God has given to you. One of the things that also was very interesting was that Lot chose first. Oga, you are nephew. You are not the called one. You follow your uncle to a land. And because of hanging on to him, things start to do well for you. All of a sudden you forget. And your men are now fighting my men. You know how we can refuse and say, it's not, it's not me fighting you, it's my guys fighting you. But if your guys are fighting my guys, it means you are fighting me. Lord chose himself. He saw the plains of Zohar. He saw how great and how lush. How many of you know lush? Lush hair. <laughs> It was lush. The ground was green. It was good for animals because their economy was agricultural. So if we're going to liken to today's world, what will it be like? There are a lot of contracts. There are a lot of deals. It was a sector where people really love to enter into. Don't lock your mind into agriculture. Think now. Maybe it was oil and gas. And it was flowing. The oil well was flowing. Have you noticed how much contention there is before an oil block is awarded? Every single demon in that place will come out of the land. Whether community demons, whether friendship and business deals that were not totally straightened out, once it's smelling that you are about to hit <laughs> hit arrival and your, your block is going to be approved, all hell breaks loose. Like, so when we read the story of Lot, we only, don't think it's only farm. Think about what is happening now that is generating contention. Whose men are fighting with your men? Whose people, whose hand are you fed and you cause them to become big in the industry? And then they rise up against you to fight you. Who are the people you held their hands when they didn't know their way? And you brought them into something more big than they could ever dream. And now, as they rose in stature, all of a sudden, you are the enemy to take down. And they couldn't honor. Lot couldn't honor. Lot couldn't it was Abraham speaking the terms of peace. You are my nephew. There yeah, are some things that Abraham did that made him really a friend of God. You are my nephew. There should be no fight. The land is before us. Choose anyone. That's how a blessed man speaks though. No one is going to look at two oil wells. One is flowing. One has not been fully you know, dog out. Is still, we're still in testing. Seismic teams are still checking the ground to see whether it's productive. It's still dry. And one is flowing, it's already in production. And then you say he can choose it, he can take it. And you're ready to, 
try again. This is exactly what Abraham did. It's incredible. Lord chose first. Don't forget. Tell your neighbor, Lord chose first. Oh my goodness. I don't know. may not be oil and gas for you. Maybe it's tech. But somebody chose first. It may be roles that you guys are competing for in the team. Someone chose first. The person you train. A vacancy opens up. And all of you guys are supposed to be the person you trained runs ahead of you. And not that they can't apply. You know, there are some things that are not black and white in terms of rules. But there is just the wisdom in saying, I want to go here. Should I? You know, there are some things that are not written down. It's not written down that Lot must collect permission from Abraham. But there are some things that you do that you unlock spiritual laws against yourself. Amen. Amen. So God wants to teach us what is right and what is wrong from a place of the spirit. Not from a place of logic. Oh, well, it's my star that is shining. Don't hate. Don't hate performers. You know, I'm the new kid on the block. <laughs> I don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm the new Wiz. I have the, I have the skills. They saw my skills. Respect those who through labor have placed you where you are. Respect those who paid for you to get your first break. Respect those who broke ground for you to be the person that you are today. The Sodom way. We began to see Sodom later. Now, the, now two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, we will spend the night in the open square. Who does this remind you of? Abraham. So Lot actually did learn some things from Abraham. Remember that the three men who was one man going towards Sodom to destroy him passed through the house of Abraham. And Abraham did the same thing. Welcomed them in. Killed the young lamb. Asked Sarah to bake bread and, and fed them. And then proceeded on the intercession for Sodom and these men have now arrived Sodom to destroy Sodom so sometimes when we think about Sodom we think about a broken down city no it was cosmopolitan it had city lights it was the civilization area of that time it was the development center of the world Sodom was modern. Sodom was amazing. Sodom was intellectual. Sodom was full of business. Sodom was full of ideas. But it was also full of sodomy. Lord, in Sodom, began to ask this man to come out from the square. Some of you don't understand what city squares are. But if you, if, you ever, if you ever travel to Berlin, Berlin is one of the areas that had big city squares. Actually, Eastern Europe generally have big city squares. Czech Republic, if you went to Prague, if you went to Russia, you generally see these big city squares. Now, the big, so Alexanderplatz is the place where the former Russian army used to march in the part of East Berlin. So the, the German government built most of its spaces into Eastern Germany after the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. So a little bit of history there. You don't say I didn't do anything for you. <laughs> so in those squares where, where the German soldiers will march, Everybody's houses were small in the east, while the public spaces were massive, the roads wide, the squares wide, but the individual houses were small like a cube. While in the east it was the exact opposite, in the west it was the opposite, where people had palatial homes and small streets. So 
the, when the East and the West blended together, what, what happened was that the public square became the place where demonstrations happen, where racist groups, where anti-Semites come to demonstrate, where anti-blacks. This is the place that was most racist. If you are black, sometimes you, you know, it has happened to me in Ukraine. Ukraine also, in Kiev, Kiev also had public square. It was in Kiev for the first time. I was walking down uh, the square and uh, somebody, a young boy stooped in front of me and just goes, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> You know what that means? It's like, ah, monkey, who bring you here? Kind of, kind of. <laughs> and I looked him straight in the face. I started walking towards him. You know, no, Niger, no, they carry last. So people were so scared for him. They thought I was going to dagger him or do something to him. They came and carried him. I just left them. I just shook my head. Because nothing on me. Sodom. Say Sodom. In that development was brokenness. In that urban city was a jungle mindset. In that place was all types of evil. It was modern, it was beautiful, but it was dirty in his soul. It looked incredibly like a delightsome place to live, but everything inside of it worked to destroy people. Sodom was devious and filthy and Sodom had powerful ideology ideology to chain you ideology to incarcerate you ideology to seduce you and whoever you were if you came to Sodom you cannot be hidden you are so different from everybody else how many of you know that there is a way of looking right now Malian way of looking. What do they normally do? Dread. Half, half dread. Dread in the center. Here is no hair. Dread in the center. Sometimes baby locks. And what kind of clothes do they wear? You guys don't know Malians, right? You're all very righteous. Thank God, though. And they always drive Mercedes. <laughs> so police, please don't buy Mercedes. <laughs> police just pro and don't do dread. Police just profile you for nothing. You say you be standing at the junction and explaining yourself every day as I come out of our house. There's another Malian there. It's my car. It's my <laughs> with, with the police. <laughs> <laughs> the Sodom way the Sodom way the Sodom way and Sodom was a place that corrupted Second Peter chapter 2 verse 6 to 8 later God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. As bad as Lot was, which we're talking about, selfish, greedy, putting himself first. When Saul arrived in Sodom, he was an angel behind all the guys. <laughs> that even the Bible in the New Testament was had to say that, so, that Lot was a good man, righteous. And that Sodom annoyed him and vexed his righteous soul. 
God had done this before. He wiped out Sodom. The story is there. And many times we read this story. And as I was preparing to preach this message, I put a notice in the prayer hill group this morning. I slept at like, I just emailed the message to the team, the tech team, and said, this is the PowerPoint. And the Holy Spirit said to me, not yet, woke me up at 1 o'clock, 1.30, thereabout. And then I remember the dream I had. And then he began to speak to me. In this dream, I was driving together with one sister. And we're driving and just chatting. Then all of a sudden, we're going somewhere. But we found that we couldn't go there. We were goaded into a close. So we're goaded and just directed into a close. At this close, you know those road stoppers? You have a lot of them in England. When they close the road, temporarily, they have those metal. They rise. So we got that metal. And then we saw a truck coming from behind, coming to smash us, even though we're in front of a road stopper. Then we began to pray in the spirit, in the dream. Then all of a sudden, something lifted up our car and we began to fly in the air. You know, I tell you, I fly in the sleep, right? <laughs> we began to fly in the air. As we're flying in the air, we're flying over. We could actually at some point in time begin to see a whole city, city block at the time we're flying. And then this took us to a particular place. This, whatever was carrying us, took us to a particular place and packed us. And then all of a sudden, we were pushed into this room. The lady and I were pushed into this room. And this room were two other women. They were, we're just seeing them. Can you imagine? We're flying in the air. Can you imagine what happened to us? They attacked us. We didn't realize those two ladies were part of of the plot so all of a sudden the word of God came to me strongly I just felt it in my stomach and I started to say you are a lesbian repent for the glory of God is coming upon you and I began to speak upon her I began to speak repent for the glory of God is coming right now the Lord is here to release and destroy the power. I felt like I had to part. There was a spirit in her. I had to part her with that spirit. And I began to speak. As I began to speak, I didn't realize that the second person too was also a lesbian like her. So the first thing they tried over the lady who, I was with a lady called Uzo. The first thing they tried over Uzo and I was that they were trying to, first of all, use witchcraft. I saw I felt demonic manipulation. They were trying to convert me to join. Man, <laughs> we started praying in tongues. Ibalu katush tamalita benta sakabolite yakabalite salamra. Come out, you foul spirit! Come out, you foul spirit! We began to pray. As we began to pray, then they decided to make out with each other. So the whole idea was, I'm a guy now. Two ladies making out is seductive. So I should come in and join. It was so graphic a dream. They were, they were, let me not describe the details, but honestly, at that time we began to pray. I said, Come out. I went and laid my hands on her. Boom, she got fall on, got slid under the power. And then she was delivered. And I began to tell her, You need to follow God. Part with these spirits. These are spirits. There's a spirit of immorality. That when I woke up, that's what God said. There's a spirit of immorality upon the whole land. There's a spirit of immorality going around. You may not know why, but you are seduced by many things. You may not know why. Like many people are not trying to do anything bad, but a spirit of Sodom is on the land. Saul, Lot was in Sodom. It was location. It was location, location, location. Where you go, determine the spirits that control the atmosphere. There are spirits in the air. Many people, when you see people suffering from gender dysphoria, can I tell you something? Not all of them want it. Some of them are in pain. Some of them cry. Some of them, what is called is gender confusion. Confusion means you don't know which one is right and which one is wrong. And sometimes we come against the people so strongly as if we hate them. But you, you have to realize that they are under a spirit. 
break the power of the spirit over them and in many cases righteousness will begin to return to them many of them were raped as kids I told the story once of a guy here in this church you know my friend David went to do something in a place called Lushmore <laughs> I didn't know at that time that there was a gay bar on top and then he saw someone and the guy looked at him and said oh yeah the guy was proposing he said no I'm a pastor he said pastor from where he mentioned this church he said oh yeah pastor Mo that's my pastor the gay guy <laughs> I don't think I did a good job then. <laughs> I sat with that guy, I remember. He was from a state in the South South. An oil company worker desecrated him when he was 10 years old because his mom could not pay fees. And the man said, come and live with me. It was a Norwegian man. And the man used him as a sex slave. So when he got of age, he could never have normal relationships with other men, with other women. He became a sex prostitute. Constantly, always had surgeries on his behind because he was being torn every time, bleeding constantly. Don't tell me that's not pain. Don't tell me this guy is happy to be in that place. Don't tell me this is actually the life that he's supposed to live. And it's the story of many, many, many people who are hurt because the spirit is in the air. The Sodomic spirit takes over a whole generation. And as I walk, the Holy Spirit says, we must rise as a church and pray for deliverance. We must set them free. Every one last one that is open will be delivered by the power of God. We must release the oil of the Spirit of God that brings liberty to the captives. The cross is not just for us to arrive at heaven. The cross must break the chains in someone's life. The individuals who hurt are not bad people, but the movement is evil. Because the movement tells them, this is who you are. Gives them tools. Gives them power. Rise up and fights anybody who doesn't like you is a hater. Christians hate you. The movement itself is not good, but the individuals, nothing wrong with individuals struggling with gentle confusion. We must pray for them. So the Holy Spirit said to me to add a slide. No, the danger of Sodom. Go back four slides. Go down for slides, the danger of Sodom. So Sodom is an allele. Sodomy comes from this allele. This sense of this is what is cool. Most people who suffer from this have a creative bent. They're known as, as if this is new thinking. This is progressive thinking. That's number one. Sodom has also financial gain. So in Nollywood, they are telling people that if you make movies that show affirmative action towards them, they're going to pay a percentage of. So there's global cash coming in into movies. So you have men and men kissing. So you see Disney pursuing this agenda. You see many companies pursuing this agenda. You see big tech pursuing this agenda because there is financial gain. The big money bags in the world have decided they're going to fund lesbianism, LGBTQIXX. There's political power behind them as well. So they are in charge of governments around the world they have walked their way into parliaments in the whole of western europe so this thing we're talking about is not just an a, a fickle idea it's something that is backed 
by government. I'm not sure this message will not be censored on, on YouTube. It may be. Do you understand? Because big tech is in bed with this idiosyncrasy. Political power. And the objective is a paradigm twist. So that you see everything as meaningless. Man, meaningless. Woman, meaningless. What does it mean to be a woman? Anyone who chooses themselves. Do you understand? So it becomes meaningless to be a woman. Who can give birth? Birth in persons. If you are a man, what's your name? Cisgender male. You're cisgender. I'm like, what is cisgender? How can you call me cisgender? I'm a man. Cisgender what? So, you saying, I'm a man. Say, I'm a woman. Ah, you guys are not even sure. Saying you're a woman is an act of war. Women's sports infiltrated. Marriage. No point. What's the point of marriage when you can have open relationships with everyone? The objective of this paradigm twist is dysphoria. Societal dysphoria. And don't say it's not in Lagos because you live in a cocoon. Is right here, is flowing on the streets. There was an event two weeks ago. Every single person in that event, their leaders subject sub, subscribe to if if they're an active proponents or they subscribe to this LGBTQI XX ideology. Oh, you don't know what XS means? It means others. There are 250 something genders. So you guys are laughing. You don't know that it's a real thing. Excess means others. The ones we don't know. LGBTQIXX. Do you guys understand? That if there are 250 something genders, it means that there's no hope. You can never know which one is your own. And God has asked us to stand up and raise a holy standard. God has asked us to stand up. If you feel that God is asking you to stand against this, stand. To uproot the land taken over by ancient devils and to destroy the spirit of Sodom taking over nations. We stand as a lighthouse church. We stand as the people of God to help those in the region of darkness. Those bound by chains. Those unhappy and sorrowful. Those mourning every day because they are confused about their lives. Those hurting, broken by hell. If your son or your daughter was gay, you won't pray this way you are praying. Inkoshala Deliverance will flow from Mount Zion. The city of God will bring liberty to the hurting. The people of God will bring joy to those who cry at night. The city of God will declare life upon the broken. We declare life. We declare life. We declare life. Where death has reigned, the devil has oppressed so many for so long. We declare open eyes. We declare open eyes. We cry out. We stand in the gap. Ego shadadada. 
Malute kazina Imolite yakabalita Arute kabazulema Anushte kima zila barute Bandozike balushe kaba Hayadiko sila barute manambo we destroy the spirit of Sodom. 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 In the name of Jesus. A spirit that takes a whole generation into gender confusion. In the name of the Lord, we destroy that spirit. In the name of the Lord, we destroy that spirit. And we set men free. We set women free. We set the generation free. We set our sons and daughters free. We set nations free. We set governments free. We set lands and territories free. We set Nigeria free. Lagos is free. In the name of Jesus, we declare daughters are free. Sons are free. In the name of Jesus Christ. Aliko satei masharaba. Liberty, liberty, liberty. Hey. Liberty, liberty, liberty. Freedom, 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 freedom. freedom. We declare the liberty of Christ. We declare the liberty of Christ. We declare the freedom of Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. If you're struggling in any way, don't just go home. This entire sexual sin thrives in secrecy. Disrobe it. Naked it. Operation Naked the Devil. Like literally, this is the real Operation Naked the Devil. Disgrace him, disgrace him. I don't think everybody will judge you. The pastors in this house will never judge you. Come to Pastor Uche, come to Pastor Aidi, come to Pastor Nigel, come to Pastor Ibim. Any one of us, Pastor Fred, will walk you through. And God is now raising the standard of righteousness in the leadership as well. Pastors, you know that God wants to deal with this evil. So we must all stand in the front line of righteousness. We must all be people who stand in sexual purity. Pastors, we must all be people who model this life of Christ. We must show it by example. I have so many women around me all the time. And God told me one mistake is enough to wipe out the entire value and the confidence that people have in you. So regardless of season and after season, I pray that I stand in righteousness at all times. And I pray for you too, that you become a model of righteousness. And wherever you are, righteousness has come. Righteousness has come. We'll break the power. We'll break the control. We'll break the influence of Sodom on your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. It's something to shout about. Let's give the Lord a big shout. Should I go back to the message? Should I? Or have we finished? Should I? Do you want to hear a bit more about Lot? Because the Holy Spirit, this is the interruption the Holy Spirit wanted that made him to send me that dream. It's like, don't just preach a sermon and go away. Release the grace for people to walk in the sermon. Release the grace for people to walk in the power. Go back three slides. The life of Lot. 
In summary, the life of Lot was that he followed Abraham and prospered by association. He prospered by association, but he was a contentious man who beat the fingers that fed him and he thought he had won. But we see that he had no holy altars really. Even though he was in Lot, the worship of money drove him there. And in this place where he lived, gay ideologies and lesbian ideologies were the order of the day. And we are to learn later that Sodom never left him. Let me read you a scripture. This Genesis 19.32 Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down, when she arose. These are the daughters of Lot. So the daughters of Lot tricked their father to drink. What was it that made Lot a drunkard? What was it that made their daughters, these were virgin daughters, the account in Genesis 19 says that when the angels was telling Lot and his family to run, they went and met the boyfriends of these two girls and the boyfriends laughed at the angels to scorn. And the angels tell Lot, Lot, run for your life. Don't look back. And that's when Lot's wife looked back and became a filler. So this is the same account. They arrived in the plains of Zohar, went to live up the mountain, away from Sodom. They left Sodom, but Sodom never left them. Verse 36, 38. Thus, both the daughters of Lot, because they did it one day for the senior girl, did a second gate for the junior girl. These two daughters. Thus, both daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The first bore a son and called his name Moab. He's the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger one also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He's the father of the people of Ammon to these days. Who were the two troublers of Israel? Moabites and Amorites and Ammonites. Who bet them? Lot. When the children of Israel are returning from the promised land, from Egypt to the promised land, there are two tribes that broke them, Moab. Moab actually hired someone. The king of Moab called Balak hired Balaam and said to come and curse these people. And Balaam couldn't. So when Balaam couldn't, Balaam now said, okay, I have an idea for you. God hates sexual sin. So lose Moabite chicks unto the camp of Israel. When he couldn't curse them, he tried everything. We read that thing. I have a command to bless, so I must bless. How can you bless? This guy said all those things. I went behind and made Balak come quietly and say, Balak, I know the thing God hates. Just release girls into the camp of the guys. Let the guys be in sexual sin and God will come and wipe out the people, his own people. God will turn against his people. You don't need to curse them. Let the curse come from them. So in the book of Hebrews, Balaam was mentioned as the guy who for money sold his birthright and the spirit that God hates the most. But where did it come from? Where did this origin of all these things come from? Sodom. So when we do actions, we think we're the only last point of our action. We don't know that it goes far. These two, these two guys, Benami and Moab, were the biggest trouble the children of Israel have had in their entire journey. Next to Amalek. Amalek being another one of those kind of relationships, the concubine of, of Esau. The girlfriend, the baby mama of Esau gave birth to Amalek. And Amalek got angry that it wasn't Esau who got the birthright. So the fact that Esau has reconciled with Jacob, Amalek took it on. 
And Amalek will walk behind the children of Israel and pick up all the old, all the broken, and kill them. Never attack Israel directly from the front. Attack Israel at its weakest point. These Ammonites, these Moabites, destroyed the people of God. And how? By Abraham carrying someone who was not invited. God is trying to do something in your life. Carrying uninvited people into that thing will mess it up. God is trying to speak truths, eternal things with you. But you see that person who is unequally yoked with you in your business, you're talking west, he's always talking east. You're talking down, the person is talking up. The person thinks opposing you is wisdom. Meanwhile, you are the main vision of what God has given to you. And you like to be balanced. You know how we, are, we all try to be democratic. Oh, we cannot just only have one side. Oh, this guy keeps me real. He keeps me true. Sometimes, no. Sometimes it's a devil. It's a serpent. My pastor before used to say, Moses, you like to stroke the head of serpent. Cut them off! <laughs> like, why are you patting serpent on the head? It's a serpent. Don't pat it on. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta cut off the head of the serpent. Cut it off. And this is a word for some people who are in business partnerships. Cut off that serpent. Cut them off. And God blessed Abraham the day he parted from Lot. God blessed him and multiplied him. So let's see whether we can do two scriptures about Eliezer and then we can go. Eliezer, help of God. Abraham, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. This is Genesis 15. Abraham was complaining to God. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of, the, of his house, who ruled all over what he had, please put your hand on my tie, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of all the earth, that you will make, not take a wife from me, for my son, from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you go to up to my country and to my family and take a wife from my son Isaac. We, we all remember how Eliezer went up the family of Bethuel and met Laban and met Rebekah and brought Rebekah back as a wife for Isaac. This is the story in Genesis 23. So in Eliezer, it's called Eliezer of Damascus. In the Aramaic, it's called Damascus. Damasek, that's the word that is used, translated Damascus. So he's mentioned only once by name, but the Hebrew tradition have it, that he was one of the guys who led the warfare against, against the four kings who came against Sodom and took away Lot and his family. So he fought alongside four kings all the way to Damascus. Some people say he may not have been from Damascus, but because he battled all the way to Damascus, so they called him Eliezer, the one who traveled all the way to Damascus. Eliezer was a man who was supernatural. He prayed about his assignment. Unlike Lot, who chose by the seeing of the eyes, Eliezer, on the other hand, chose by prayer. Tradition has it that he was the son of Nimrod, the man who drew the bow. The king Nimrod was the father of all bow drawers. And he was actually, even though he was a servant in the house of Abraham, but he was actually a prince. We don't have corroboration of that in the Bible. 
But let's summarize Eliezer's life in these three ways. Number one, he was a man who you could call what? I can hear you. He was a committed man who went to war, who did not have this sense of entitlement with his master. Number two, he was a man of prayer. This is the exact opposite of what Lot was like. He saw miracles. He passed the baton on behalf of his master to his master's son. He carried forward the tradition of godly marriage. He modeled what every time I think about marrying and marriage, the, the first name that comes to me is Eliezer. He shows us how to, a man should look for a wife. The location where a man should find his wife. So sisters, are you ready to carry a bucket and go to the well today? <laughs> the well, of course, you remember the Bible is figurative. The well refers to the normal conduct of life. It means you've been at work. It means you've been in business. It means you're doing the best you can at the place where God has planted you. And right there, God will send Eliezer for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Eliezer had a disposition of love for his master. He was passionate for his master. If you saw that prayer in the book of Genesis, how he was crying and said, Lord, you've given my master great wealth and great this thing, and you're giving him a child in old age. But Lord, everything will be destroyed if my master's son does not get a good wife. So Lord, if, if I found favor in your sight, lead me, O oh God, he prayed a heartfelt prayer and asked for signs. He showed a disposition of love. Eliezer was very different from Lot. Lot is that family member who is always entitled, you know. So if you compare Eliezer and Lot, you will see that, you know, Eliezer... Next slide. Was long-term focused. He was not a hireling. Eliezer did not do it for gain. Eliezer was a slave to the family. Do you know there's slavery that is more than sonship? That's why Paul calls himself a born slave of Christ. John, the brother of, James, the brother of Christ, writes his epistle and says, I, I am James, the servant of Jesus Christ. There's something about this co-inheritorship that is not about an entitlement. Jesus himself taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself to be of no reputation. On the other hand, Lot was all about immediate gratification. If it looks good, go for it. Lot was worse than a hireling. It's better to hire a staff than to have a family member like Lot in your business. It was all about his prominence. Have you ever seen those people who are always about them speaking? If you are having a conversation with them, if you say something, they must say something. You understand? If, if they set up a state, they must have prominence. I, Pastor Chris looked at me on Sunday at lunch and said to me, what do you have to say? I said, nothing, sir. He said, you have a lot to say. But when I leave, you start speaking. I never said a word all through the conference. I'm not seeking to set the stage and be the most prominent guy on the block. I'm looking for the mind of God to be born. This church, you can see our pastors, how strong they are, how anointed they are, every one of them. Somebody give God thanks for Amen. And I'm happy that this will be a place, a sending place for these men and these women that they will train well here. They will stand in the far corners of the world to declare the word of God. Is that not better than Moses Michael's ministries? 
where every Sunday I'm the one preaching. I won't allow them to grow. <laughs> MMM Moses Michael's Ministries. Somebody already gave me their abbreviations. <laughs> May God help you to create a platform bigger than you. May you see the good in others. May the spirit of seduction that is lot eating this generation, this narcissistic spirit, not be found in any one of you. May you be never be the one who is a family opportunist, always looking to game a brother because he has, looking to looking to warm your hair away. You know, there's some people in this church, they know all the people who are prominent, and they go to peep to them secretly to collect money. Better stop it. Don't be a beggar. Be a giver. You need to read in the Bible, it's more blessed to give than to receive. If I invite you to tea, I am paying. Do you guys understand? Be that person. We Nigerians are generally generous. But do better than Nigerians. Do better. And the strength of God will come upon you because givers never lack. Don't be that person who is always out with the elements, talking about the people in your family, complaining about who has not done something. Do you have family members? I don't know. I have, but I don't know. Maybe all of you guys, your family members are so righteous. You don't have. That cousin who is always saying you haven't done anything for them. Don't be a lot. Tell someone, it's time to preach. Say, my sister, don't be a lot. Tell somebody else, don't be a lot. Don't be afraid. Robbie, be bold. <laughs> be bold. Tell someone, don't be a lot. Lot will lead you astray. Ah, give. Tell them give. Tap them and say give. Give, give, give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Give. <laughs> Don't be a lot. Don't be a lot. Give. Release the grace of God. Release the grace of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lot and Eliezer are good examples for us to know how to conduct ourselves. One of the things that God is really building in Ecclesia Hills is character. When you live here, you'll be a different man. You'll be a true believer. You'll not be talking spiritually, praying in tongues, but no character. You'll not be the one breaking spiritual seals, but you don't have a walk. Every one of you will walk straight in the name of Jesus. There'll be power in your character. Your character will look like Christ. Amen. Finally, who is Lot and Eliezer today? That's you. Both of those characters are where? In you. Sometimes you are Lot. Sometimes you are Eliezer. And sometimes you are Abraham. God has called you to do something. And for the vision that God has given to you, you need enablers. You cannot do it alone. You need other people who are going to come alongside you and help you to build what God has given you to build. It's God's providence that makes those people available to you. But also be aware that there will be another category of people called what? Detractors. They are always constantly going to be among your family and friends. They are people you give access to. All they are trying to do is to create other vision. So when you are with them, you are doing gift items. You will now discover that, ah, sports gifts are the best. And take your most productive line and begin to say, oh yeah, I just got a deal with Nike. Nike just called me. 
are you a staff of this company? Well, I think what we're doing is different. Like, madam, or they're all different. All the co- They copy your vision, the message called call Chuma. <laughs> so, in building what God wants you to build, the last thing is sightedness. Receive sight, receive understanding, receive discernment. Know the people who are building alongside you. Be genuine. Wait, tarry, incubate what God has given to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 